What's going on, everybody? We're back with uh, the Real Built Bodybuilding Podcast, episode number 13. And I'm happy to announce that I have a special guest that I think all of us have a lot of questions for, Mr. Evan Centipani. So uh, why don't you say what's up, Evan? Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing? Glad to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so thanks for doing the podcast, Evan. We haven't talked in a little while. I want to do some catching up. Um, how's everything going? How's what I, the last thing I heard was you're getting over your quad tear and you're going to make a return to the stage. Yep. How is yeah, that? So, yeah. I mean, unfortunately that's still the status. Um, and, and I say unfortunately because it just took me, has taken me so much longer than anticipated. Um, at this point, dude, I mean, we're just over two years post, uh, post surgery. And, um, you know, uh, when you look at somebody like Branch, who came back and not only did the Arnold, but won the Arnold, like yeah. seven months after. <laughs> yeah. Why is it you're, you're extremely meticulous, like you're known for your detail when it comes to food and trying to find out what makes you healthy and all that. So how is it, why is it taking so long and what's, is there, has there been issues along the way? Well, I think part of it, it it's different for everybody. Um, you know, like when I talked to Branch, uh, because there's been a few times that I reached out to him during my recovery, you know, one was like maybe six months ago and dude, I was so frustrated because I'm like, man, it's a year and a half post-surgery. Yeah. I'm still in pain, like just doing something stupid. I mean, I could squat and things like that, but stupid things like leg extensions, yeah. um, even walking lunges would kill. And he was like, man, he's like, just hang in there. He's like, once I hit two years, he goes, it finally just started to feel normal again. Yeah. And I was like, all right, okay. You know, I guess that's encouraging. And sure enough, it, my experience lined up pretty similar with that. So I think with Branch, I think he was still experiencing a lot of pain. And I think he yeah. was still pretty limited in what he was doing. And, you know, when he won that Arnold, there was still a pretty large disparity between yeah left and right leg but yeah. because branch's legs are so incredible you know to start out with he was able to get away with it so yeah. um you know yeah i mean i on one hand i beat myself up because i'm like dude two years really like hurry yeah. the fuck up <laughs> <laughs> but on the other hand i'm like you know what some this this is the injury that will retire quite a few guys um and uh, you know what man it's just it's it's getting there and i'm happy with the way that i did it because i didn't rush things and um now it's at a point where it's it's finally no longer holding me back it's it's going really well so So whatever was most of the problem pain or was it weakness well both because then dude i mean look we're bodybuilders we're used to shit hurting you know and you know you train around it or you train through it dude this was like the kind of like if i took the pin out of the leg extension stack and said, okay, I'm just, I'm going to do just the weight of the apparatus with my injured leg, yeah. dude. It not only would hurt like hell, but the leg would like shake. It would like, like things that you just believe me, if I could have just pushed, like there were days where I'm like, fuck it. I'm going to just go through it. Yeah. And you just can't like, it's just not there. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, it's just like a, it was like, just like almost like a physical I- impediment. Um, I don't know. I, I think part of it was just a matter of time. Yeah. Part of it, you know, I started going back again and doing a lot of deep tissue work. Cause I think a lot of it was just issues in the area surrounding it. Yeah. And I mean, now it's, it's, I don't want to, I don't want to jinx it, but it's, it's good. 
So let me ask you this mentally, because I, I don't know if a lot of people understand this about us, but would you consider your legs a stronger weak point before this happened? Um, definitely not a strong point. Yeah. Um, yeah. Compared to the rest of my physique, I'd say a weak point. So this happening, how does it affect you mentally? Because now you're like, okay, it wasn't a great body part to begin with. And now, right. yeah. So how do you feel now getting back? Like, when do you plan on to, when do you plan to compete again? And how do you think that's going to affect you? going into um, it well i'd like to do the new york pro next spring yeah <laughs> mentally um the one thing i find encouraging is like when i'm training now and i think a lot of this is just due to the injury and having to be smarter about my training like the mind muscle connection that i have yeah is great yeah it, it, it's really strong so like even when i'm squatting you know in the past man i would just pile on weight and let it rip yeah. And I don't know, you know, maybe you feel it, maybe you don't. <laughs> yeah, I've been there. Um, <laughs> so, and now it's not like that. And obviously you're still trying to train heavy, um, but I'm feeling everything. And and I do notice, like I leave the gym and it's not like I just leave and I'm like, oh man, my knees ache. Um, like I'm leaving and like my, my, my joints feel okay and my legs feel destroyed. Yeah. So you know, sometimes when I look at my legs, I'm like, damn, they don't look bad. Like they're, yeah. they're pretty full. Like they look all right. And then there's other times, you know how it is, man. And you're like, ah, they're shit. <laughs> yeah. I've been there. So do you think, cause I just tore my tricep, I'm going on 11 weeks, uh, post-surgery. So one of the things I think, like I'm the same way, I can feel the contraction way more and it pumps up now that I'm actually lifting like a little bit of weight, it pumps up really, really fast. Yeah. I'm not sure if that's due to better blood flow because of the the new attachment and no scar tissue and all that, or if it's due to uh, focusing on it more mentally. It could be in the fact that you just have to cut down on the weight. You've got no choice, but to try to make it burn with, you know, like no weight. Yeah. And my, see my experience, and, and this is one of the reasons I was so hung up on leg extensions is because for me, neurologically, dude, yeah. I just couldn't get it to fucking fire. Yeah, so yeah. I would do leg presses. I would do squats. I would do any kind of pressing movement. And the next day, my glute would be sore and nothing in the quad. Yeah. So once I got to the point where I could finally do something like a leg extension, I could neurologically turn it on, make it burn, then do my pressing movements. Yeah. So, I mean, in your case, if you're already there and, you know, you're already neurologically turning it on, I think that's, yeah. that's a great, great sign. Well, I don't think a, a tricep tear is as traumatic as a as a quad tear i mean you have to relearn how to walk and it's kind of a whole different different ball game but um i just feel i always wonder you think back to when you started lifting and you're talking about letting it rip with just a lot of weight and i always think now that after this injury i'm like i wonder if i had focused more right. when i started using lightweight right. if i still could have built the physique by forcing myself to feel it more you know because now you're forced you're forced to focus. You're forced to feel the muscle working and you're getting development. Like I'm noticing it's starting to come back already. Right. So I don't know if that's something had I employed that at the, to begin with, I could have avoided all these years of torturing my body. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, I, I think there's a fine line because I think we always do have to be training with at least, um, I don't know, uh, relatively heavy weight. Yeah. Right? I mean, maybe it doesn't have to be just, pure brute force yeah. but i think the weight is important 
I think a lot of it depends on your genetics, right? Like I think you look at somebody like Dexter and maybe people are like, damn, but dude's 50 years old. He's so well-preserved. Yeah. I think for someone like Dexter, cause he does have really, it's, it's obvious. I mean, there's no denying it. He has incredible genetics. Yeah. So I don't think he had to be so abusive in his training. So in the long run, it worked, you know, because he's able to preserve himself, still get a great result, stay healthy, no injuries. So, I mean, that's, the ideal scenario. And then you look at the opposite end of the spectrum and you look at someone like, you know, Dorian who kind of ripped his body apart. Cause I don't think Dorian had Dexter genetics. So did he have to train a little differently? Maybe not to the extent that he did. He maybe could have played it a little smarter, a little safer. You know, maybe we could say the same thing about Ronnie, you know, a lot of these guys. Um, but I think when you're in it, it's really tough to to do that. Well, to me, I think it's an interesting debate because people talk about Dorian's genetics, but I don't think you get to his size and conditioning on stage without great genetics for building muscle. His genetics might no. not have, his genetics no. might not have been as great structurally or like aesthetically, but I think he had amazing genetics for putting on muscle. So I just wonder the age old debate is how would have Dorian looked had he started training like Dexter from the very beginning. You know I what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't think, I think he still would have been a really good bodybuilder, yeah. but I don't think he would have been Dorian. No, I, I, I personally don't think you get that hard, grainy, dense look without pounding that heavy, heavy weight. Um, but could he have gotten to that size and been, you know what I mean? It's just, it's, a, it's an interesting debate to me to think of because I think of Ronnie and I'm like, was that purely genetic or was that purely because of his hard work or was it just so, so much of both? And that's Ronnie, why he, on the other hand, I think was such a freak that, yeah, I do yeah. think he could have trained like, like Dex, you know, uh, yeah. and, and, and I don't want, I don't say train like Dexter, like I'm knocking Dexter. Oh no, I get it. I anything get it, yeah. like that. Um, but maybe played it a little safer Yeah, and not ended up with the injuries. It's still just been a total freakazoid. Yeah, probably. <laughs> freakazoid. Um, I actually, I want to change gears a little bit because there's something I've, there's a lot of things about you that are very curious to me that I've seen from the, like, the outside looking in. I've always wanted to ask you about. So one of the things I, I noticed is like, you're kind of like, you're kind of like the bodybuilding veteran, but not in age, more in like, <laughs> you, you kind of live like above the fray a little bit. Okay. It's we It's strange. Like, for example, like when this Sean Roden stuff came out and the William Bonac stuff came out, I don't even know if you heard about it. And if you did, we never get Evan's opinion. Like you don't yeah. ever, I don't ever see, like if I look at your Instagram, it's like a cat with a, like a sandal on its head. And like, <laughs> it's like a fucking, it's like a John Deere fucking tractor. And like, this is fucking random shit. It's like ramen noodles. Like, I don't like, so I'm I'm always curious what does Evan think about these things because you never comment on them. Yeah, I mean, I mean, if, there, if there's one thing I learned, you know, whether it's watching, um, you know, maybe celebrities give their input on things, um, you know, I mean, I I recognize the fact that most people know me as a bodybuilder, and you know, uh, know me for maybe the content I put out regarding nutrition or whatever. Um, and, you know, I mean, listen, don't get me wrong, I have lots of opinions, you know, whether it's on politics or pretty much everything. I'm pretty opinionated. Yeah. But I always kind of refrain usually from giving it uh, unless it's solicited, unless it's asked. Um, but even then, sometimes I'm, I'm hesitant. You know, I remember watching this old clip of Elvis 
and they were asking him, I think it was about the Vietnam war, you know, in his opinion. And he was just kind of like, you know, I'm an entertainer and um, I don't think anybody really wants to hear my opinion on that. So I'm going to just kind of bow out and keep it to myself. And I was like, geez, you know, it's on one hand, I I would have liked to have hear, heard his opinion. But on the other hand, I was like, geez, you know, that's kind of classy and that's kind of refreshing. It's kind of cool. Because it's not, you know, you, you get the opinion like, like, because sometimes when people like they so want to give their opinion, it's almost like there's almost like an arrogance to it because they just, yeah. they, they think they're right. So, yeah. I mean, when asked, I don't have a problem giving my opinion. I just, I don't like kind of always opening my mouth because if there's one thing I've learned as I, as I get older, usually it's um, in, in a lot of ways, less is more. And yeah. usually the best thing to do is keep your mouth shut. <laughs> well, I wish I could learn that because I fucking talk too much. But <laughs> I, uh, I no, and, and you know what? You're 100% right about it because there is an air uh, of respect around you because you don't get into these little squabbles and bullshit and the bodybuilding drama. So I believe that's why what I meant by like you kind of stay above the fray. But at the same time, I think people do want to hear your opinion. You're You're – you know, you're considered a bodybuilding icon. I think people want to know what does, what does Evan think, for example, about the Sean Roden situation and the Olympia, the Olympia banning him. How do right, you feel, right. about, how do you feel so, about that? Okay. So, I mean, in any situation, I'll always try to be as fair as possible. Right. Yeah. And, and try to consider, you know, things from all sides. So, okay. Sean Roden case. Um, I, I think first and foremost, when, when the whole thing, you know, uh, when, you know, broke with Sean, one of the things that I think bothered me or disappointed me the most was people's response. Oh yeah. Right. Like now here, we don't know all the details. Um, we essentially know nothing. We know that Sean has been charged with something. He's been accused of something. Is, is it true? Is it not? Don't know. I mean, you know, Bottom line, I read some of the comments. I went on his account because I was like, geez, you know, I'm, I'm kind of curious to hear what, maybe see what people are saying. Yeah. And, um, um, you know, honestly, man, yeah, there was some support for him, which, is, which was nice. Um, there was a lot of people, man. I just felt like it was just so gross. Like people just, like, aren't the cops looking for you? Um, just saying really nasty things. And I'm sitting there and I'm thinking, you know what, man, like this is somebody's life. Okay. And, and it's, it's his life. And obviously there's this woman involved in the situation. There, there's both of them. Right. Yeah. And any way you slice it, it's an extremely unfortunate situation that this has happened, that it, it's gotten to this point, whether it happened as she says it happened or it didn't either way, the whole thing is totally unfortunate. It's yeah. sad. People's lives are going to be, uh, upset, ruined. It's so anyway, and then and, and for people to just be so unsensitive to go in and just make a mockery or a joke yeah. out of the situation is just so terrible. Like just how could people be so, and listen, I, I don't consider myself the most sensitive guy. No, no, I hear you. Looking at it, I said, this is, it's just so insensitive. Yeah. Um, me and, if, uh, sorry, me and, me and Luke were talking about it and I, I said, I just can't believe the it's kind of like the Ronnie situation with him being hurt and back in the gym and people seem to revel in other people's misery. Yeah. There's like a half, it's like half of social media is like normal people. And then there's like another half that just 
they are so happy when someone, you know, if something bad happens to them. Well, you know what I think a lot of it is, Fuad, with social media? I think there's a lot of people in their daily lives who they kind of don't feel important. Yeah. They don't really feel like they have much of a voice. You know, maybe the job they have or maybe the, the place they hold in the relationships that they have, whether it's with a significant other or just friendships, they just don't really feel important. Yeah. And so they look at social media as an opportunity to get on there, to just be out there and say something profound. And maybe yeah. it's offensive. Maybe it's they think they're witty. Maybe whatever it is, but an opportunity to feel like somebody. Yeah. Um, unfortunately it's usually at the expense of somebody else. And it's just, it's, I don't know. It's for lack of a better description. It's just fucking bad behavior. <laughs> <laughs> where do you stand? Where do you stand on what the Olympia did though? That's what I'm curious about. I was really surprised to be honest. I mean, here's someone who's been accused of something. Okay. If it, had he been convicted, oh, yeah. Um, yeah. had it been proven? Okay. I, I can understand, but here's a guy and, and he happens to be the best in the world at the moment. Yeah. And this is how he makes his, his living. And, um, to, yeah, I mean, it's, it's kind of like they're punishing him and making a determination before there's been any actual judgment. I, I was pretty surprised. I, you know, and listen, I'm sure maybe there's a side to it from their perspective that I'm not. Yeah. Maybe, maybe it's not public yet. Yeah. There, there could be something they know that I don't know. Yeah. So I, I always re- recognize that as a possibility. But just based on purely what I do know, I was a bit surprised. And I would say, geez, if there is nothing else yeah. you know, that, that I don't know, then I would be a bit surprised and think, geez, that's, that's kind of a bummer that they would. Yeah. I felt the same way. I kind of was like, this is your, this is your guy. This is, the, this is Mr. Olympia. This is the guy that you put up on a pedestal. And you just walked away from him without, you know, with nothing. Yeah, I mean, at least to say, listen, you know, to release a statement and say, listen. Uh, <sighs> oh, there's a many ways they could have went about it. They could have just put it on hold. They could have suspended until the trial was done. They could have done like a million different things. But to the knee jerk reaction to just right. banned, banned for life <laughs> is like. Well, that's what it is. Banned for life. Oh, yeah. It's not just this Olympia. Wow. As far as I know, it's banned for life. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's. Uh, I, I could only think maybe they know something that we don't. Um, but because I, I don't know what other, what else would justify yeah. that kind of response. But, the, but only, the only thing that would justify that response is conviction, in my opinion. Yeah, and I mean, he hasn't, there has been no actual determination as to the guard innocence or his guilt so yeah i mean that's that's pretty surprising to me i think that's uh that's i think it sucks yeah to be honest. yeah where do you um there's all this other shit going on with uh neil and william bonak and all that and i don't want to make this whole thing about drama but just briefly just because like i said we don't ever get your opinions on these things so well you know before before we go on let me just say one more thing and i think you know it's very possible you know, like you said, you know, their knee jerk response. Yeah. And I was watching the news the other night and, and I, apparently this is a new thing now. There's uh, people in inner cities when cops are responding to situations, they've been hosing cops down with the uh, water guns and 
I think I saw something about that. Throwing buckets of water at them, and I was amazed to see the the cops just not respond at all and just allow it. And I think yeah. to myself, damn, like how could you allow something like that? Yeah. And you know, people weighing in on the matter were like, and I think a lot of times they just don't have the backing of their department. So say say someone comes up and they uh, douse you with a bucket of water, and you engage that person to arrest them. They resist. You end up in an altercation. The person gets hurt. And then in the end, what it ends up looking like is, well, you know, you end up hurt, you ended up hurting this person because they uh, they got you wet. So the, yeah, it's but stupid. <clears throat> when in reality, <clears throat> there's much more to it than that. Yeah. So what, I guess what I'm saying is, with something like the Olympia, does the Mister Olympia make a determination like this? Be just because they're so afraid to come under any kind of scrutiny from anyone, just because that's the current climate that we're living in um like you know if you don't if you don't ban sean roden you're you're this and you're that is 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 it a is it a bright byproduct of that very possibly well i thought that because that's the way our kind of society and a lot of things in the news are going but i feel like there is another movement of kind of standing up to that shit like there was the me too movement which i feel like was important but went too far they started just rounding up anybody and everybody and they were putting people like Louis CK in the same camp as Bill Cosby. And I'm like, that's not the same thing. Right. And then, so there was a whole bunch of knee jerk reactions. And I think now it's kind of slowed down and people are like, wait a minute, we need to hear these things out. And I feel like the Olympia was still stuck back in the, in the age where they're like, holy shit, we just got to do something. Right. I feel like they didn't have any enough integrity to say, okay, wait a minute, this is our guy. We got to stand behind him until we find out what's wrong. Yeah, just to say, listen, this is, this, is just, this is just the American way that we all presume someone's innocence until they are, in fact, proven guilty. Yeah. And, you know, we would give any, any of our athletes uh, that, you know, that respect. I mean, that just seems, um, you know, kind of like the bare minimum. But like I said, maybe there is something we don't know. If it is purely a product of just the current social justice warrior climate, then I think that's kind of a bummer. Yeah. Um, but like I said, I, I do recognize the fact that I, I may not be privy to all the details. Um, but whatever. let me, let me ask you this. You, you sound like you enjoy politics and social discussions. Am I, <laughs> am, I am I right? I feel it sounds like, it sounds like you have a lot of opinions on these things. Well, I do. Again, I, I, I don't always like to spout them off. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I again, I, I honestly though, I do try to see things from both sides. Okay, let me ask you this: sure. uh, when you watch the news, what news do you watch? And I, I honestly, I, I, I watch Fox, I watch CNN because I won't, okay. I won't be someone who says like, you know just immerses themselves and surrounds themselves with people who maybe just think like them. Yeah. Well, let, let me, you know what? Let me, you know, because this is one angle. So let yeah. me hear someone else's perspective yeah. and then I'll decide whether I think that's stupid or not, or, you know, or I say, okay, you know what guy's got a point. That made me, it made me really happy that you said that. I, w- I recently did a uh, 20,000 calorie challenge where, which I failed. I couldn't eat 20,000 calories because I'm not man enough apparently, <laughs> <laughs> but it was funny in the background of the video, the young Turks was playing at one point. And I okay. think, and I think CNN, I don't know if you know what the Young Turks is. 
Yep. It's like it's like a yeah, it's a progressive news outlet, whatever. I know yep. some people have heard of it, I'm sure. Um, and then I think CNN might have been playing at one point too, and I got roasted in the comments section of the video. <laughs> <laughs> which is totally fine, right? I expected it. I even said to my wife when I saw the first cut of the video, I said, as soon as people see that, and it's way in the background, I said, as soon as people see that, I'm going to catch so much shit. Oh, for sure. But the part those people don't understand is I'm like you. The other half of the time, I'm watching Fox or, right. I'm, lis- or I'm listening to like Ben Shapiro or right. I'm kind of the same way you are. Right. I probably lean more center left. But I still okay. want to. I still want to know what everybody thinks. Okay. So, you know what I mean. Like I can hear. I'll listen to it. I'll listen to a Trump rally. You know what I mean. I'll listen to what he has to say. But then I'll put on Fox News afterwards and hear what they have to say. So that's kind of just the way I absorb it. Yeah. Listen, I think it's important. I, I think really when things go wrong, it's because people aren't. You know, they're refusing to consider anyone else's viewpoint. It's just like nope. This is it. And it's, it's ironic because we're supposed to be living in a, a time where people are more open-minded yeah. and more tolerant. And it seems like that in so many ways, it's the complete opposite of that. Yeah. And I don't know, the last 10 years or so has been, I think, really weird. Because, I mean, if, if I think back to like when I was a graduating high school or uh, in college, maybe I just wasn't my, you know, maybe I just wasn't as uh, conscious of it. Maybe the same discussions were going on, but you know, with things like gender and race, just being like so center stage at the moment. And it's just like, I thought we're kind of past that. Like, why are we, why is, why is it now more than ever? Someone, the color of someone's skin is so important. And it's just like, wait a minute, isn't this, are we going, are we going backwards? (laughs) But do you think it's, and I agree with you. I agree with you. The same thing. I'm like, I just said this to uh, my training partner, Paul, yesterday. I said, isn't this like, wasn't this like 60 years ago? Didn't we already like get past this shit? But then I think I'm so tired of hearing about, it. I mean, I don't know. But do you think, but what I want to ask you is, do you think it's warranted? Because I know some people believe races, race doesn't exist. Racism doesn't exist. Oh, of course. Racism is rampant. Of course it exists. Okay. So, so, so you do believe it's there. Now, the other question I want to ask you is, uh, and I don't know if this is something you want to discuss or not, but are you a Trump supporter? Um, I think if, if I'm going to, if I'm going to be totally honest, overall, yes, I do support the president. Yeah. I think that he says, you know, I think his, communication skills leave a bit to be desired (laughs) (laughs) to say the least (laughs) to say the least to put it nicely yeah but i think if we're gonna judge and and listen you know do do i think donald trump is an exemplary human being i mean we we can go into all things but if i'm gonna judge based on what i think he's doing or attempting to do for the country what his policy is aimed at what his goals are i do believe that he is an American through and through that he um, is pushing for policy that is, is in line with um, American ideals. I mean, he's, it's not like he's pushing for anything that if you pull up, uh, you know, clips of, of Bill Clinton from the nineties that he wasn't advocating or supporting. I think a lot of it is just common sense things. And I think that a lot of people are up in arms um, I mean, listen, if, if we're going to like, just as an excusing, uh, illegal immigration as, as a, 
as an example. Um, listen, there's America is a country built on immigration. It's a country of immigrants. Immigrants are, are an integral part of our country, right? It's yeah. yes, a hundred percent. However, there's a process, right? And it has to be done in a certain fashion as is the case with any other country. Yeah. No country just opens its doors and just yeah. it's uh, let it be a free for all. I agree. Um, there's a process, there's an order to it and it's all for good reason. It's for security. There's, there's health reasons. Um, you need to know who is coming in and out of your country and there's a, there's a, there's a process bottom line, there's laws and that's just the way it is. If and, I, sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. I think just for anyone to advocate anything else, I think they're thinking a little bit too emotionally. Yeah. Not just looking as, as a, looking at it as a rational matter. Um, you know, it's certainly a financial thing. I mean, when you consider the fact there are people in our own country who, uh, could use attention, there's homeless, there's people in poverty, there's veterans. Um, and then to, expend resources on people whose first introduction to this country is the breaking of a federal law. Yeah. I'm sorry. I don't, I don't justify it. That isn't to say, should, should we accept refugees, et cetera? Yes, of course. Yeah. But there has to be order to it. There has to be, uh, it has to be done logically. Yeah, I agree. I don't think, I don't think anybody rationally would agree with open borders. I think that's a little bit crazy. I think I think a lot of people are surprisingly in favor of it. I don't think it's a lot of people. I think it's a lot of loud people. Uh, that's a good point. That's a good I, point. I think it's the fringe. Look, I think the fringe on the left and the fringe on the right are both a little bit out there. Yeah, I think they're equally as crazy. Absolutely. I think the majority of people believe in rational things. Like, look, you seem like you probably lean a little right. I seem like I lean probably a little left. Right. But we both agree that you should have borders. Yes. And I think we both agree with like common sense things. Right. And I think when it comes to Trump, I do believe you're right. I think a lot of his policies are um, well-intentioned. And I do think a lot of them line up with previous presidents. I think the problem people are having is like one of the things I think, I won't say people, one of the things I think is I feel like you, the tone of the country comes from the top down. The behavior of the country comes from your president. You know, and people look to that person to how do we behave? How do we speak? How do we act? When Obama was in office, people were like, well, this guy's a little soft. We don't want to act like that. He's too soft. But I feel like it's the pendulum swung the other way with Trump because now you have a stronger person, which is, you know, that's a good thing in certain situations. But he also doesn't, it doesn't feel like he has a caring the caring aspect where he's like, I do care about this side over here, even though they don't agree with me. Right. 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 And I feel like that's kind of where the divisiveness comes from in the population because they're like, well, our president doesn't give a shit about those people. Why should we? Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't underestimate the impact that the media and the way that they choose to, you know, to, you know, uh, they put their own spin on things, yeah. both whether it be in support of him or um, in, in opposition of yeah. him. Yeah. Um, and, and people are, I believe, influenced by that. But yes, no, I listen, I agree. I yeah. think that he, as a, as a leader, you know, you're one of, the, one of the things you hope for in a leader is their ability to unify yeah. people and rally them 
uh, regardless of whether they come from different uh, different schools of thought, different backgrounds, et cetera. Uh, yes, so I agree. I mean, listen, is is Donald Trump the model president? Um, you know? <laughs> listen, I, I love watching his rallies, okay? There's a lot about him that I do love. He's fucking entertaining. Like, it's like I've never, ever been able to watch a presidential speech to just put me to sleep, right? He's entertaining, but I just feel like there's a, a level of decorum that, needs to be held in that office yeah and i that's the only problem i have his policies yeah. are good his intentions i think are good i just feel like he if he carried himself a little bit i don't know what the, the term i'm looking for if he carried himself at a higher level right it would be better for the office itself that's that's the yeah, only I mean, listen, we, we could i think a lot of people would agree that donald trump you know look he's he's a bit crude right yeah. he's yeah he's a, he's a bit rough and, you know, ideally, he would be someone who, you know, is an eloquent and uh, embracing speaker and all these things. Um, you know, maybe he's not those things. He, he is who and what he is. And, uh, and if I'm going to be totally honest, I do think that he is trying to help this country. Yeah. I, think, I, think this, I think the United States has lost a lot of ground on the international stage well both internationally and domestically i don't think the country is anything close to what it could and should be yeah um and i think i think he knows that i think that's what spurred his running for president and um i don't know i i i i don't know I, i hope i don't offend anybody watching this for saying it but you know that's just that's just how i feel no, there's no, listen, if anybody, I don't think we're, either one of us is saying anything uh, that's absolute in either direction. Like we're not saying anything no. not disrespectful in either, in either direction. We're being, I think, very measured in our comments. So if anybody gets offended, if you get, if you get offended by this conversation, then you're one of the people on the far left or the far right that needs to just relax a little bit. Um, so switching gears a little bit, I want to ask you something. So you've always been very meticulous when it comes to details, something I always envied watching you and your, whether you're cooking on YouTube or whatever. And you pay attention to very, very small details that most people just gloss over. Why are you eating fast food? <laughs> um, because, uh, you know, it, it, it does at least for me serve a, a practical purpose. And that is, you know, every once in a while, you know, maybe once, even sometimes maybe twice a week, you know, I might be, I might have days where, um, I don't know, say I'm working outside for a long period of time or, you know, I'm, I'm just doing something where I know I'm expending a lot of calories yeah. and I just need a big hit of calories. Yeah. Um, and that's what I look to, to, to kind of get that, that calorie dose. And, um, I mean, listen, you know, 95% of, of what I eat is food that I cook at home, yeah. um, you know, from singular ingredients and it's very plain and it's, it's very clean. Um, but I, I do think there is a value in once in a while. I mean, when you get to the point where you no longer eat any of that food and your body's not able to even process it, mm-hmm. that's not a great thing. You know, you do want, I think, uh, you know, keep up your digestive ability for stuff like that. And, um, you know, maybe not from a health standpoint, but from just a a bodybuilding standpoint, you know, uh, 
practically speaking, it, it can serve a functional purpose. Yeah. I think a lot of people would be surprised to see that um, based on your YouTube videos and like your cooking and your prep videos. I don't think it's a bad thing personally, but I've always been a, a fat kid at heart. Um, the thing is some people that espouse the healthy eating and natural foods only would say, I don't believe that food belongs anywhere. I don't think it, it fits anywhere in a diet. Right. And I feel like those people are too extreme, but what, like, what do you say to those people that are like that food yeah. doesn't, I mean, Hey, every, they're, they're certainly welcome to keep it out of their diet and I'm going to, you know, maybe I'll get to the point where I feel the same way. Yeah. At the, at the moment, I don't feel that way. So I'm going to continue to eat it. So everybody's free to do exactly what they want. <laughs> uh, that's, that's the, that's the beauty of this. I, I guess what I'm asking for the bodybuilders listening, cause a lot of these young guys listen and they kind of look up to what us, us and what we're doing. And uh, I guess what I'm asking you is you don't see a problem with it in a bodybuilding diet as long as it doesn't get overboard. No, I mean, I, I think you run into problems when you're, you know, you're eating a lot of food, you know, prepared food. Yeah. Listen, I, I think it's, I think one of the most important things is, you know, whether it's as a bodybuilder or just as a human being, when you go to the grocery store, you don't buy things in boxes and bags, you know, you buy single ingredients um, to prepare your food and your food is simple and it's as close to natural as can be. Yeah. Um, and every once in a while, if you want to treat yourself to something, you have it. Um, but I think it's important. I, I think uh, to dr just to drive home the point of, you know, by and large, considering the volume of food that someone like yourself or myself eats, yeah. you know, if you're eating six meals a day and, you know, one or two meals a week is kind of off the path. Yeah. You're really talking a pretty small percentage. Yeah. Uh, even much, much, a much smaller percentage than your average person. Right. If your average person is eating three meals a day yeah. and, you, and you and I know they're eating off their diet more than once or twice a week. Yeah. yeah. It's a much great, it's much greater percentage wise. Yeah. Um, you know, I mean, listen, Michael Phelps is an Olympic athlete and you know how he ate preparing, you know, to win those gold medals. So, yeah. you know, I think all, all endeavors, all sports, uh, especially at a competitive and or elite level, there's the question of health. And then there's the question of performance and, you know, accomplishing the, the goal at hand. And hopefully we can all find a good balance between the two. But I think it's important for everyone to keep in mind that the two aren't always the same thing, you know, yeah. optimal health and optimal performance. Yes. To perform optimally, optimally, you need to be, you need to have a reasonable amount of health. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you can't yeah. be on your deathbed, Yeah, uh, but not everything you do will be in line with the goal of, ult, you know, optimum health. No, um, I, I agree with you a hundred percent. I tell people all the time, I person, and you may disagree with me on this, but I personally think bodybuilding in itself is not a healthy sport, not necessarily because of what we eat or what we take or anything like that, but more so just because I don't believe the human body is meant to be carrying around 250 pounds of muscle. I think that in itself is, is too extreme for us yeah. on, a, on, a, on the health spectrum. It's, it's a, it, by design, it's, it's a sport of excess. Yeah. Um, and that in itself, I mean, you're, you're not, I mean, if you, if you look at people who are the healthiest and living the longest, they don't eat a whole lot. Yeah. 
they yeah. usually they have low growth hormone levels. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. You know, bodybuilding is the complete opposite of that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that's what I try and tell people when they point to like, well, it's the steroids. Or this. I'm like, it's not. I'm like, you know, people, people point to, to like Dallas McCarver, for example. Right. And I'll say, okay, there's a couple things there. One, it's genetic. That was like a hereditary thing. And two, it's not the drugs he was carrying around. Like that guy was 330 pounds lean. So that yeah. means he's, he's carrying around like a lean body mass of 280, 290 pounds. It's a large stream. That's a lot of muscle for the body to be pumping blood to on a daily, on a daily basis. Yeah. So. And I mean, sure, you know, at a certain size and, you know, you're using all this shit, you know, is your, is your blood pressure, you know, yeah. there's a lot of things. I mean, we all need to be cognizant of this stuff and, you know, I don't know. I, I've got a blood pressure cuff at home that I, you yeah. know, I track of it all the time. Uh, regularly go for blood work, you know, especially making sure to look at things like, you know, your, your C-reactive protein, just to kind of, you know, know what your, your potential is for What's any your, Sorry to interrupt you. Cause I, I don't, I get my blood work done probably three times a year, at least sometimes four. What's your C-reactive protein? Because I don't think I, I can get that check. Not the paperwork upstairs. If, if, if no, you no, no. Watch your, not what you, not what's your number. Oh, okay. What does it measure? I know like, they, they break it into three categories. They're like low risk, average, and I don't know, above average or high risk okay. or whatever it is. But it's so not like what I'm asking is like, and this may sound like a really dumb question, so forgive me, but it, what organ is it tied to? Like what are we measuring? Oh, I see. I see. Um, I mean, it's supposed to be an indicator for cardio, like the risk of having a cardiovascular event, you know, some oh, kind okay. of okay, okay. Your, your likelihood of having a heart attack. Okay, However, okay. it could be supposedly, as I understand it, it's linked to just inflammation and damage in any organ system in the body. So it could be okay. an indicator of just some problem somewhere in your system. Okay. Um, and, and mine chronically shows up very low so that, okay. you know, it's, that's good, right? It gives me yeah. some kind of confidence, not to mention, you know, it was, it's been about two years, but this kid that I was coaching, uh, his girlfriend was, uh, I'm assuming she still is the head of, um, ultrasound at a hospital up in Massachusetts. Yeah. And he's like, you know, man, you know, my girl, she gives me a hard time a bit about bodybuilding and you know, she knows yeah. you've been doing it for a long time. She, she wants to take a look inside basically and see what you look like, yeah. your, heart, your liver, your kidneys, you know, your arteries, et cetera. Yeah. Would you be willing to come up? You know, he's like, it's a lot of testing. So it's great because you know, you'll have it, but then, you know, she kind of gets to satisfy oh, her. Curiosity. I'd love to do that. Yeah. So I went up there on a Saturday morning early. This is like I said, about a, maybe two years ago by now, but you know, and listen, I was, I was, to be honest, I was expecting to hear, you know, well, you know, this is a little, you know, it's not bad, but it's a little beat up and this is that there was a little nodule on my thyroid, which I had known about, uh, yeah. the doctor had told me back in 2009 that I had that. Um, but she was like, man, you know, your, your, your kidneys, your liver, there's no scar tissue. Everything looks to be functioning perfectly. Your arteries are clear. I don't see any plaque buildup. Yeah. And then a separate guy came in to look at my heart <clears throat> and he's like, geez, I can't believe it. It's not even thickened at all. He's like, you know, I have athletes who come in they're just say a basketball player or something. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I've seen more, uh, you know, more in, in them than I do with you. So I was honestly, I was really surprised to hear all that, but obviously pleasantly surprised. Can I ask you, do you think, cause this is stuff I'm, I'm extremely interested in cause like I get my blood work done a lot. I'm always trying to reverse things. Like I, I'm going to be honest with you. Some, all my shit's not great. 
Right, right. Um, do you think that your uh, blood work and that all that testing you did, do you think that's a result of the way you eat because all the singular ingredients, or do you think that's genetic or both? I, I think it's certainly a combination of both, right? I mean, I've always recognized the fact that as a bodybuilder, okay, I'm going to do some things to my body that are unkind. Yeah. Right? They're, they're maybe not, they're maybe not going to help my health. Right. Yeah. So let me try to otherwise be, you know, pretty good. I'm going to yeah. go to bed on time. I'll make sure I get enough rest. I don't drink. I don't do recreational drugs. Um, you know, and I try to eat really well. However, I'm, I, don't, I would, it would be wrong of me to just like take all the credit for it because I think a large portion of it. Is <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Just, I'm laughing the way you said that. It's like, okay, I'm sorry. Go on, go on. You know, I think a lot of it is just how you do or don't respond to things. I mean, I remember way back, you know, when I first, you know, started taking stuff and a buddy of mine, we started at the same time and first time he took stuff, you know, all his hair started falling out and yeah, yeah. you know, or you have friends, they do it and they're all broken out in, in yeah. acne or, or whatever. So listen, part of bodybuilding or any other sport for that matter is your ability to kind of take the beating. Yeah. 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 <laughs> how, how well can you hold up to it? Listen, we know that there's people that smoke cigarettes. Now we know that's a bad idea. Yeah. You're, you're, you're not, nothing good is going to happen from you smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Yeah. But some people that amazingly, they can fucking smoke cigarettes and live to a hundred. <laughs> yeah. They may be the, they may be the minority. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I'm certainly not advocating that. Yeah. But there, you can't deny the fact that there's some people, they just seem to withstand things better than others. Um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, I think part of it is hopefully, you know, you're not, if, if you're someone who you, you attempt to bodybuild and you, want to do it maybe at a competitive level but you know you're getting a lot of bad signs you know a lot of bad shit is happening and this yeah. is i'm talking this is early on you know you're yeah, just yeah. your blood pressure is bad you're broken out you're losing your hair maybe take it as a sign that you know it's only going to get worse from here maybe pick a different endeavor the problem is i feel like for those people it's really strange. And I don't know if you, you'll, you'll agree with this, but let's say you're 21 and you're, maybe you have self-esteem issues and you decide you want to, you decide you want to bodybuild. You start taking steroids and you break out really badly. Right. The answer usually for those kids is more steroids because they're like, okay, well now my body looks like shit. I have acne everywhere. I got to get bigger. Right. Like the solution. <sighs> The solution was not the common sense thing that you said, which is, okay, maybe you should back off. Maybe you should think of something else. The solution is usually let's put my foot down further on the gas and see if I can get bigger and that will solve all my problems. Maybe some more hair of the dog that bit me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, I guess it's, it's kind of, it's just what I've seen. It's just what I've seen. And it's same thing goes for women. Like, for example, like if a woman starts getting side effects, and, and I'm not going to make a blanket statement, but it's what I've seen. Right. Uh, women starts getting, a woman starts getting side effects. Uh, maybe she gets some hair growth on her face. Whatever. Whatever side effects you want. To, I almost feel like they're like, well, I already have the side effects. I might as well keep going from here. Right. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like yeah. I should stop. It's more like, yeah. ah, I might as well go all the way through with it. Fuck it. We're going, we're going all in. <laughs> that's what I'm saying, right? Yeah. So I don't know if that's the, that's the situation, but that's kind of how I, it, it feels to me when I see it. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's definitely that. And I mean, Hey, you know what? 
I think I think if you if you want to take stuff until your hair falls out and you look like a dude or whatever, I think you should I think you should do that. I think if that's yeah. what you like, absolutely. Yeah. Because you know what, I got things that I like doing, and I don't want anybody giving me a hard time about it. Because oh, yeah, just, we're not. No, you know, we're so, not. Yeah, we're not judging do anybody. Do whatever you want, you know. Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, I mean, I can only say how I would, you know. And I always said, you know, if I if I if I lost my hair or I started losing my hair, I would, I would probably, maybe that would be the point at which I said, okay, okay. You know? So um, I lost, I lost my hair at like 33. You think I, you should, have reti- <laughs> I should have retired? Like I should have retired seven years ago, according to the Evan said. No, about- no, but I, I know that I'm not supposed to lose my hair. How because do you know that? I just, I just know that about myself. Why? So how come you're like immune to the hair loss? Because I just, I, I like there's certain things you feel like okay you know I'm uh I'm I'm prone to this or I'm prone to that but I'm not prone to that oh, so if that starts yeah, happening yeah yeah so yeah if that starts happening then shit's really bad and you gotta yeah. you gotta fix your shit you know it's kind of like me with acne like I had a little bit of gyno when I was younger I lost okay. my hair but I never got acne right so if you started getting acne everywhere you'd be like dude something is wrong <laughs> right. Yeah, if I break out in acne at like 40, there's a problem. <laughs> so listen, I want to ask you some questions that I want to, I want to get to something. So one of the things I, I yeah. noticed about you is, and this kind of goes back to the living above the fray thing, you don't like to identify as a bodybuilder. You, I, I always kind of felt like you don't always want to talk about bodybuilding. You don't always want to be identified as a bodybuilder. You kind of like living outside of that world. Right, right, right. Did you get, you got a degree in university or college, didn't you? Yeah. What was your degree in? Sociology. (laughs) (laughs) Hey man, listen, there's nothing to laugh at. You got a degree. I've, I fucking left school after two, after university, after two years. Okay. Okay. Because I decided I want to be a bodybuilder, and that was the most important thing. So I just left, right? But yeah, but you know what, man? Uh, you know, college. I don't think that's for everybody, and I, I think I think the current climate is stupid. Everybody's going to school. A college degree isn't really worth a whole lot at this point. I mean, depending where you go, what you get it in. But I mean, most people are leaving school with all sorts of debt. They end up yeah. with some stupid job that isn't even sufficient to pay back their loans. Um, honestly, if I could do it all over again. I'd probably go back to school. I'd learn something like, I don't know, maybe uh, uh, like a trade, like ironworking or something yeah. like that. You know? Well, the thing is, I, I think college is really important. The problem is they put such a premium on it financially that it's no longer become worth it. Right. You know, you leave, like, it's not that college or university is not, not important. Like, if I had a child, I would definitely push them in that direction. But it would be tough to justify it when they're leaving school with $100,000 in debt. You know, and listen, man, you're in high school, you go right in, you don't know what the hell you're going to do with a degree or what, what you want it to be in. And, um, I don't know. And there was at least what, you know, when I was entering college, I always felt like there was such like a, like a desire to steer people away from anything blue collar. Yeah. Um, and now, I mean, I look at five friends that are in the trades. They, they, yeah. they crush it, man. They're killing it. Yeah, I know. If you're good, if you're good at what you do. Fuck because yeah. because nobody knows how to do shit anymore. Exactly. And I'm and I'm but saying the that last as I'm thing the world needs is another yeah. person with a fucking sociology degree. Like I said, <laughs> now I'm listen, stupid. I'm, I'm, I'm saying that, that I'm saying that as one of those people that doesn't know how to do shit. So like when I see you welding together your own fucking 
stereo speakers. <laughs> I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? He's welding speaker frames together. Fucking. So yeah, I am. And actually I'm very envious of guys that do know a trade of some sort. Uh, whether, cause my dad was a welder and you know, I was, okay. I never picked up that talent that, you know, working with your hands talent. If I hang if I hang a picture frame, I'm proud of myself. So it's just the way I am. But the, where I was going with the conversation was where in your college journey did you decide I'm going to go into bodybuilding and what made you walk away from whatever other profession you might have wanted to go? Like, when did you know you wanted to be a bodybuilder? Well, see, for me, and this is something I try to explain to people who seem like bent on like making this determination, like making this decision. And it's like, man, you know, most things should just kind of be, I think, an evolution. Like for, you know, me, and, and, and I think I was just really lucky to have it happen this way. Yeah. Um, but, you know, okay, I, I'm in college, I'm bodybuilding, I love bodybuilding, I'm obsessed with it, you know, um, put a lot of time into it, great. Get out of college, I'm working full time, and I'm working uh, Where were you working? For, for a law firm, and, okay. uh, and also for a title company. Uh, doing title ab- abstraction and, t- you know, when basically when people sell a property or refinance it, you've got to, you know, they, they purchase title insurance and someone like myself goes out and you develop a whole report on the property as to what encumbers it, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Um, sounds like a big deal. It's not. Um, <laughs> so I'm doing that and I'm still bodybuilding. I end up doing my first competition. Okay. It was cool. Um, do really well, but uh, you know, it's just back to work. Like I didn't have any, like uh, these like, like dreams or delusions of, uh, you know, like making any kind of career out of it. A year goes by. Okay. I'm going to do one more show. I'm doing another show. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Back up a bit. So this whole time you're kind of bodybuilding for fun while you're in school, while you're, it's just fun. You're just doing it. Yeah. You don't want to be a bodybuilder. You're just training. Cause you like it. No, I just fucking love it. I'm obsessed with it. I just love it. You know? Okay. So at what point, when did you do your first show? Were you out of school at that point? I was out of school. I was out of school for a year. Yeah. And a guy I'm training with, it's like, dude, you should do a show. Yeah. Oh, cool. I'll do the show. So I do it. I win the heavyweights and the overall good show too. You know, pretty competitive. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that was it. You know, I just want to do it one time. Okay. That was cool. Wow. Got in great shape. That was awesome. Never yeah. had abs before. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, yeah. <laughs> Um, go back to work. So a year later, um, I meet Dave Palumbo in an airport. I, I went to watch an Olympia. Yeah. And uh, in the airport on the way back, I meet Dave sitting next to him in the airport. You know, we get talking. Oh, well, you know, why don't you do another show? I'll help you. Okay. So do the junior nationals. Win that one. Yeah. Well, you just won the junior nationals and you know, uh, you know, muscular development, put me on a cover. Okay. So, you know, now you got it, you got to do the nationals. So I start thinking, okay, you know what? Maybe there's something here. Maybe there's something to it. Yeah. But still, you know, I'm not, I'm not looking to quit my job or anything. So I go to nationals. I take runner up, you know, to Desmond who ends up winning it. Yeah. And, uh, yep. Yeah. And so now I say, okay, maybe there's really something here. So I come back the next year and I win it. But I'm still, you know, and, and I've got, I've got contractual support at this point. But are you still, are you still working your regular job at this point? Yeah. Yep. 
do you still um, think before the Desmond show, like where Desmond won that show, do you still think you're just going to keep working or are you like have aspirations yeah. now? No, not, not even thinking about quitting my job or anything like that. When did you, when did you decide, okay, that's it. I'm just going to focus a hundred percent. Well, after I turned pro, see, it was, it was just kind of the timing of things because the housing market, right? So I turned pro in 2007. Yeah. The housing market takes a shit. Yeah. Around two, around that time. Right. So work gets slow. Now, when, when I was in, in college and working full time after college, the housing market was going fucking berserk. Yeah. And so yeah. I had work coming out the, you know what? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's not that now at this point, it's not that way anymore. Right. And I'm, you know, a typical day I'm driving all around, you know, cause you, you got to go all to wh- whatever town the, uh, the properties in, that's the town you've got to go to, to actually do your search. So, yeah. you know, I'm driving all over the freaking state, not making a whole lot of money. Yeah. And I've got contractual support at this point where I don't technically need to keep my job. So yeah. I end up, you know, I end up letting it go. Had, had things still been booming, I probably would have just kept working. You know, why not? Yeah. Yeah. So it never, you were never the kind of guy that needed to focus a hundred percent. Cause for me, I was like, you know, everybody, everybody's different. I guess I'm a little envious of your situation, but for me, I wasn't able to bodybuild unless I was like, this is the only thing I'm doing. Right. 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 Like I quit jobs. I left school. Right. Like I was working just like a shitty bar job just so I could bodybuild. Right. I didn't want to work a real job cause I just wanted to focus. Right. 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 So it's, it's crazy to hear the opposite side of the spectrum where it's like you would have kept working your normal job. Yeah. Because you know, a lot of it too is the nature of my, if I was working manual labor, I would say, okay, that'd be a little tough, but you know, it was a job where I'm driving around a lot of the day. If I need to stop, throw down a meal, I do it. Yeah. Um, you know, and then the day's over, I go and I pound it out in the gym. Yeah. So I was able to do everything I had to, you know, in a prep, especially as a show would get close, I would maybe scale back a little bit. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I guess because I started that way, I was, able, I was, you know, I was used to it. So I just did it. Let me ask you this. And this is probably a really vague question, but I'm just, I'm going to throw it out there because it hit me. Is bodybuilding easy for you? Like, do you struggle with any aspect of bodybuilding? Or is all just kind of, is it, is it all just kind of easy? It kind of goes with your life and it's simple. Well, First, I mean, I guess, I guess if I'm all things being relative, right? I can only compare what I see with some other people, and I would have to answer and say, by and large, I guess, I guess maybe, yeah, yeah. Um, you know, I don't have a hard time sticking to a diet or you know eating. Look, I feel like I've been eating the same food now half my freaking life. Wait, I want to interrupt you. You come, you're Italian, right? Yeah, and well, you only half. Okay, but you were a heavier kid growing up. Yeah. Why is food okay? Food is an issue for me. Like, I'm, <laughs> like, like I'm fucking, I can't stop fucking eating, and I and I had, do have trouble sticking to a diet. Not not when I'm prepping for a show. Then I'm like laser right. focused, right? But how do you not have that problem? I don't know. Oddly, um, I don't know. I can. I don't know. I don't know. I'm able to do it. I'm maybe I'm a little bit of a psychopath. I don't know. Is it a, is uh, it an OCD thing? Yeah, there's there's definitely some OCD tendencies that I have. Yeah. So I think it's it's part of that. Yeah. Um, 
And it's like, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, does the pleasure of having the food outweigh the guilt that comes after? And like, I'm so bent on like physically and mentally feeling a certain way that like, I can't break away from it. See, I don't think past the eating part. That's (laughs) Is it going to taste good? Yes. Okay. That's good enough. We'll deal deal with later, later. Deal with the pain of it afterwards. Um, Listen, we've been on for like an hour, so I want to get to a couple uh, quick hitters just because um, people kind of, you know, they like some of the bodybuilding questions. So I want to get into like some straight up bodybuilding questions. Okay. And I don't know if you know this, I say this all the time. So those who watch the podcast, I apologize. But the reason I started doing this is because I want us as the professional bodybuilders to have our own voice instead of people on the fringes, like I'm not going to name any names, but you know, they are that say we take this amount or that amount and we take this thing or that thing. And I get so tired of hearing all, all pro bodybuilders do this or all pro bodybuilders do that. And, um, you know, and not like I could really give a shit, but the reason it bothers me is because you've got a whole crop of younger guys. Yep coming up and they hear stuff like that and they believe it. And half of it's fucking bullshit. Well, better than half of it, you know? Yeah, no, that's exactly the reason why I'm doing this. Cause I'm like my, the, the biggest pet peeve I have is the line. I have a friend, he's a pro bodybuilder. He does this. (laughs) I'm like, fuck. Okay. Let's just hear it straight from the horse's mouth. First of all, you don't have any friends, (laughs) (laughs) but yeah, no. So that's, I, I feel like, if I can get enough of you guys to come on and we can get enough out, we can kind of silence those people. So the first question and you can answer or not answer, it's up to you, but I wanted to talk about gear a little bit Yeah. and I, we're not going to get into super specifics for your cycles or anything like that. I just want to yep. know one of the, one of the questions I kind of ask everybody is what do you think the average dose for testosterone is? I've already said what I think in previous podcasts, so people already know what my answer is going to be, but what, what would be the average dose of testosterone weekly, you think, for guys okay. on our level? For guys on our level? Yeah. Geez, I don't know, because surprisingly, you know, and, and a lot of us are friends, but a yeah. lot of us, I feel like when we're together, we don't like to talk shit like that. You know what well, I mean? From, like, the, from the people you know, <sighs> or, or top amateurs that you help coach or anything like right. that. Um, under 1,000 milligrams. Okay, that's low. I mean, yeah. I mean listen, listen. Any, anybody watching this, I'm, I'm going I'm to let me give you a valuable piece of it. I'm going to tell you one thing right now. The, act, the absolute best result you'll ever get from testosterone, right? I'm talking going from being, from taking nothing, okay? If you go from nothing to taking, say, 500 milligrams a week, yeah, that will be the greatest result you ever get. I'm not saying you won't get more result from taking more, but it will all be like smaller yeah. improvements from there. Yep. I agree with that. Look, going from zero to 500 is, is fucking huge. Yeah. When you go from five, 500 to 750, okay, a little more. 750 to 1,000, okay, a little more. I've taken more than that. And I, I, you get to a point and it's just like, all right, dude, how much shit am I going to take? I don't really see much of a difference at this point. Yeah. So, you know, speaking, you know, look, I'll even, I'll even be specific. Okay, if I'm going to prep, okay, um, you know, whether it's fast and fa- a combination of fast and slow stuff, yeah. you know, testosterone, yeah. it won't go above 1,000. Oh, really? 
Well, dude, you still got more stuff to, you know, that you, <laughs> you yeah, put yeah, in. You're adding other compounds. Yeah. See my, my sweet spot. I've experimented with high doses. Okay. There was one year I went up to 2000 and I was like, okay. because of stuff I heard, because of exactly what I'm talking about, stuff I heard online. Oh, don't get me wrong. I've heard of guys taking yeah. just three grams of test. Yeah. That's what I'm before, saying. So before I'm like, they even touch anything else. That's right. So I was like, I'm going to try, I'm going to try what they're talking about. Didn't do shit. I got watery and I actually did get acne that year. Not a lot, but I got some and I just got watery and I felt, it felt like I got fatter. It didn't really do what I thought it was going to do. And dude, think about this, right? You only got so much room. Yeah. Meaning like receptor space. Okay. Yep. If you're thinking say three grams a test, do you, and you, then you're going to start putting other things in there. Do you even have room for it? Like, yeah. Is, yeah. You know what I mean? Or are you just occupying space and the other shit can't even do, you know what I mean? Can't even get where, you know, get yeah. to it. I, um, I found the sweet spot for me is 1250. Yep. Yeah, I believe that. Yeah. That's kind of where I've, I found, cause I've, I felt, I tried to go lower last year. I tried to experiment. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to try the 750. I think I was at like, I forget if I was at 900 or 750. I can't remember what it was. It was somewhere. It was under a thousand though. Mm-hmm. I tried it for three or four months and I just never really felt right in the gym. I just didn't feel the same amount of like power that I normally have. Yeah. 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 That. So I, I talked to a buddy and he's like, look, man, you can't, he's like, it's also about how long you've been at a certain level. He's like, right. if, you're, if you're used to being at 1250 or even 1500, right. you're not going to go back to 750 and feel the same way, no matter how, no matter how good your diet is or whatever else. So I think I kind of screwed myself by going up too fast. That's that's the other thing a lot of these young guys don't know is if you do go to 2000 because so-and-so said so, and you do that. Where do you go from there? Well, it's not only that. If you try to go back, you can't. If you you do do that for a couple years and then you try and go back to 750, you're like, oh, shit, I don't feel good anymore. I always – and listen, I always had access to stuff. And I always had a job, so I had the money to buy what I needed. Yeah. Um, if I had if I had a whole pile of stuff sitting in front of me, it's not like I ever like felt like you know what I'm just gonna take it all right now. Um, <laughs> fuck it. Yeah. So like, I, I guess what I'm saying is like so, okay, so the, for the first few years of me taking stuff, yeah. right? The first cycle I ever did was 500 megs of sustenance a week for 10 weeks. Yeah. Yep. Well, first first half of it was Omnidrin, the second half was sus. That's just what the guy had. He had 10 of each. Yeah, yeah. Two a week. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and I, I, I responded great. I gained like 25 pounds and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. For the, for the next, like, I don't know, probably two or three years, that's all I did every time because I, every time I went back on it, I still kept responding to it. Yeah, yeah. So it's, it's not like I ever felt like, well, you know what? I have to add in this and I've got to double this dose. And why would you do that? Yeah. I think like dude, you can always take more. Just yeah. just chill out. Like try yeah. to get a result. And listen, I'm gonna t- I'm gonna do the, a lot of you guys watching this a favor too. If if you can't take, you know, five hundred MIGs or something your first time out and, and get a result, there might be an indication like that, you know, doing a thousand isn't gonna do a whole lot for you either, man. Like it might yeah, be a bad time. I never thought of it that way. That's actually a really good point, because most guys do think well, I took 500, didn't do shit. I better take 1,000. If 500 didn't do it for you, 1,000 probably ain't going to do uh, shit either. There's a couple caveats to that that I'll throw in. If 500's not doing anything, your diet's probably shit. If your diet is on point and 500's not doing anything, your training is shit. If all three are on point and it's not doing anything, then you're genetically not meant to bodybuild. 
Right, 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 right. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. because most guys, like I just got this message, I got this question yesterday in my Q&A that I do, is if I'm 25% body fat, is that a good time to start using steroids? <laughs> my answer was, if you're 25% body fat, you don't know how to fucking eat. Yeah, and you got no business taking steroids. That's kind of what I, I was like, don't use the steroids to lose the weight. Learn how to eat first, right? So, yeah. so let me ask you one more. Uh, orals. I don't take orals anymore because they just kill my appetite. Are you in the same boat? Or I'm, with it, you or is it, I'm with you 100%. Is it, is it a toxicity thing or is it appetite? No, I, I can't eat. Yeah. I just can't eat. And it, it, it's good because it's probably doing me a favor because, you know, they are toxic. So, you know what, that's just one more thing off the list. So fuck it. <laughs> um, you know, and I, I, they, I never used them in an off season. Um, and a lot of it was even better, you know, even when I was younger, you know, because of appetite. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I would still maybe throw in something at like six weeks out, you know, uh, from a show. Really? You're one of those guys. Yeah. I never fucking did that. Oh, really? I, I always heard of that. Like guys throwing in like Anadrol or something like the last four to six weeks just to keep their muscle more full. I've yeah, no, something like, like, uh, like real, I'm talking real. Okay. Yeah, yeah, not yeah, some, yeah. some crap you found on the internet. Yeah. I'm like real Anivar, you know, like I'm talking like dude, 30 milligrams of real Anivar. Yeah. Well, not if, if everything is in order, will knock your socks off. Really? Um, it always did for me. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. I mean, I, re- I read things, you know, kids, it's their, their first time out and they're doing this and they're doing that. And I think, I mean, listen, the, the bottom line is um, if you and I sat here and we're like, you know, you guys, you shouldn't, you shouldn't do stuff. I mean, listen, it's, it's a competitive sport. You know what I mean? People are going to do what they're going to do. Yeah. Um, but I would, I would hope to encourage people to try to do it in a way that's sane. Yeah. If, if that's at all possible and not damage your health, you know, to try to stay up on your, you know, get your blood work done, you know, keep your blood pressure in check. Don't eat like an idiot. And certainly don't be going out drinking and, uh, you know, yeah. doing other kinds of drugs. You know, it's just, it's just funny because in this country, um, well, and I'm sure it's the same way in any other country, you know, if you go out and you get plastered every weekend, nobody thinks anything of it. Yeah. You, if you're, you know, leading a lifestyle that's very strict and, um, you know, a lot of exercise and you're eating well, but you do something to enhance that goal, yeah. People freak out. Oh, oh yeah. Not, what are you doing? Talking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, oh, I'm, I'm not. I'm not even doing this for. Look, the health thing. The health reasons are important. I'm just trying to put a number on it because there's so many fake numbers out there oh. that I'm trying to put. Get somebody real on the show. Say no, no. These are the real numbers. I don't care if you do it. I don't care if you're healthy. I don't care what you do. You're gonna do whatever you want to do, like you said. But at least you should know what we're doing. That way, it's you're not listening to the false bullshit that's out there. That's all I'm trying to do. There's so much bad, and and unfortunately, the bottom line is dangerous. Oh yeah, information out there. Well, this I just it's crazy. You know what? I am going to name names just because of how fucked up it is. So I just saw doctor doctor in quotes because he's not really a doctor, but Doctor Tony Huge uh, just put up, and I I comment about this guy all the time because he's such a fucking train wreck. Who's, 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 who is he? He's got this. Okay. First of all, he's got this thing online. It's like game. Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. First of all, is he huge? No, that's the craziest part. I'm like, why is anybody listening to this guy? Wait, so you're telling me he's not huge and he's not a doctor. 
<laughs> That's what I said the first time. The first time I saw this guy, I'm like, okay, you're not huge and you're not a doctor. So your name's Tony. From now on, your name is fucking Tony. Is, is, your, name, is your name even Tony? <laughs> so he put up a video saying you put on uh, 20 pounds of muscle in 30 days. Like pure muscle tissue, not 20 pounds of weight. And I'm like, okay. So immediately I'm like, this guy's an asshole. But the thing I'm more pissed off about, him and Boston Lloyd did a collab video, which is like my mind just exploded at that point. But <laughs> they fucking, this asshole's talking about fucking EPO. I'm going to do some EPO. And I'm like, no pro bodybuilder I know ever in 20 years has done fucking EPO because you're just asking to die. Dude, if you want, if you want to just give a giant fuck you to your kidneys, go ahead, take some EPO. I, I just don't get it, man. I just don't get but it. As you said, I, I, don't, I don't know anyone who's ever used it. He's talking about EPO and uh, what's the other one, the fat-burning one that guys use? DMT. Oh, no. God. DMP. DMP, that's it. I don't know anybody sane who's used DNP. Oh, I do know a couple guys, so that's, that's not as bad, but I've never used it personally. Um, and, and then stacked with EPO, and I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? The best was GH15. Remember him? I, isn't he from one of the boards? Yeah, he's from he was from the boards. From Get Big? Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, dude, one year, I think it was the year, it was like 2011. I was getting ready maybe for an Arnold. Um you know, and, and I was I was I was in good shape, you know. I was I was I was that was that was a good time for me. I remember right? 2011, you beat me at the Flex Pro. <laughs> and that was a really good year for you. It was a good. It was my best year. You were, I think. You were good. I think it was my best year too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and like pictures surface of me at like I don't know five weeks out or something. Yeah. So so GH fifteen, the the Lord the Lord of Anabolics, puts out um, this whole thing. He's he's gonna he's gonna tell everyone what I'm taking. Right. Oh, fuck. Here we go. Based, based on what I what I look like. Yeah. So, dude, like the list was just like a mile long. It was, it was these doses of things that, like, that were just like it would kill. It would kill a horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, it was like I was I was already taking diuretics for six weeks out, <laughs> and just like all these just like crazy things. And yeah, yeah. and like I remember looking at it and like laughing, but then thinking to myself, "Geez, this is really bad because there's people out there that think that this." I is actually for real that I he know. knows what he's talking about yep. and people are going to read that and think that that is normal. And that is so fucking yeah. far from normal. Yeah, I know. That's how it works, man. That's how the diuretic thing. This talk, <sighs> dude, I saw one of Tony Hughes's, uh, or just Tony from now on. I saw one of Tony's videos. Anthony. <laughs> okay. <laughs> this is real. Yeah. We'll just go by Anthony. <laughs> Anthony put up a video and he's like, um, hold a little bit of water. Just this, he's not getting ready for a show. Okay. He's like, I can see the striations, but they're a little bit blurred. I think I'm going to start taking some diuretics. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing? You're telling people, to, you're telling people to EPO, DNP, diuretics for no reason. And his, his videos have views. And I'm like, people are fucking watching this shit. That's like, that's like saying I'm a little cold today. I think I'm going to light myself on fire. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's, it's, it's unfucking believable, man. So, 
Anyway, um, okay, a couple more, and then I'll let you go, man. I don't want to keep you forever. Uh, red meat, lots of red meat, or sparingly. Um, I don't know. I, I go through phases, you know. Like I go through phases where I have it in my diet every day. Yeah. And I feel like when I'm having it, and I, I never do it more than once a day. Yeah. But if I do it once a day, I do feel like I'm stronger. Like yeah. I've just got a bit more power, you know. Yeah, I agree. Um, but then I go through periods too where I'm not having it. I'm okay. I don't know. Sometimes it beats up my stomach a little bit. Yeah. Okay. But I'd say, you know what? I'd say if you, if you digest it well and you like it, I say go to town on it. So if not, if it bothers you, it's, it's not like it's so magical. You have to have it. Yeah. Um, I covered these last three throughout our talk. I said, how many cheats a week? We covered that Trump or Bernie. <laughs> what was it? Trump or Bernie? Yeah. Um, uh, Trump, because Can I ask you a question though. Don't sure. people, don't people respect the fact that Bernie has had the same positions for like 40 years? Do people, do people recognize that? On, in um, I don't know. They should, because I mean, there's something to be said for consistent consistency. Yeah. Even if someone's consistently an asshole, I'd say, well, you know what to expect. <laughs> he's, he's always a fucking jerk. <laughs> You know? so I guess they believe he has he's had the same principles for forty years, but they probably think it's just he's been crazy for forty years. Well, Hitler didn't Hitler didn't falter in his principles either. You're, okay, you're comparing Bernie to no, Hitler. no, and I'm not, I'm not. I'm just saying holding the same position over a long period of time yeah. isn't intrinsically good. No, but it I just, feel it just, like, means, I feel it like just his, means you're consistent. I agree, but I feel like his. But the thing about this in politics you never ever get someone that has the same genuine view for years on end. True. So True. I, I just give him a lot of credit in that area. Cause I'm like, he's been fighting for workers for 40 years. There's something to be said for that. Right. So respect, respect to the burn. Yeah. <laughs> and the last one I had was Fox or CNN and you already answered that. So we're all. Yeah. I mean, um, yeah, yeah. I watch a little bit of both. Yeah. I, I do. I do love watching Tucker Carlson, though. Isn't he great? He's fucking hilarious. Okay, I, does, I does watch he remind it. you of Chris Aceto a little bit? <laughs> no, no, no. The way he, he looks. Me of the way he looks or the way he talks. No, the way he talks. Yeah, I could see that maybe a little bit. I didn't think of that. I thought you meant, I thought you meant more the way he looks. Um, I have one more question. Actually, it's something I kind of I always. Um, I always respected this about you because I saw you talk to, I was actually, I overheard one of your conversations with an athlete backstage and he was praising you. He said, so I think he was Russian. I think this is a way back. And Where was I, it? I, I think it was at the flex pro and I've never we, forgotten. We, so we were competing. Yeah. And I've never, and I think we were both backstage. I've never forgotten this. I think he said something like he was praising you or giving you a compliment or something like that. And he said, sorry for my bad English. And you said, it's okay. If I was in Russia, I, would, I wouldn't even know what to say. So, and you kind of like put them at ease in that moment. Now I take that and I combine them with your videos. Like I've seen some of your recent animal videos where you go to Germany and you're trying the food or you went to Dubai and you're trying the food there. It's really, really refreshing to see somebody who's so American and so proud to be American, but because sometimes I feel like these two things are mutually exclusive. I feel like sometimes people who think that they're really, really proud to be American 
can't be really open to other cultures. No, and I think that's horrible. I think, um, listen, I, I love America. I love my country. Yeah, I know. That's really what I mean. Cool. Yeah. And I assume when I go other places, I assume people feel that way about their country. Yeah. Um, and I think they should. I think everyone should feel that way yeah. about where they come from. Because yeah. I think it's, it's that love that you have for your country that compels you to, if, if something is wrong, to try to improve it. Or, you know, I mean, look, it, we, we should all, I think we should all love, love our country and love where we come from. Mm-hmm. Um, and when I go other places, I, I, try to, I try to find reasons to love other places. And I always, I always do. Um, yeah. I've never been anywhere in the world that I didn't like. Uh, ever. Do you find, sorry to interrupt you. I just, I find that we live in a time now where, and I feel like it's new and I could be wrong, but I feel like it's new. I feel like if you love your country, you have to hate all the other countries. Oh, that's, that's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. But do, no, you, but I, do you find that sentiment kind of like, I think there's, um, a feeling of like, okay, I love my country. My country is the best. Yeah, so that's fine. The best everyone, every other country is inferior. And, yeah. and I don't see, but you have to keep like, even as a bodybuilder, like I don't look at things so competitively. Right. I just, yeah. I look at myself and my, my compulsion to be better wasn't because I was trying to beat the next guy or yeah. if I beat him, it was because I was great and he was shit. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's not, it's not like that. It's just, like I love my country. I want my country to be great. Yeah. And you know what? Like I come to your pl- place and I like your place too. Yeah. And your country is great. Like yeah. it's not really about who's the best or it's like when I look at a physique, it's, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, maybe I'm not a super competitive. I don't think it's a competitive thing. I think one, it's a maturity thing. And two, it's a, it's an egotistical thing. There's less ego you don't, I feel like a person that can love their country and still go somewhere else and love the, the things about that country is somebody that's not a very egotistical person because they're able to look at everything else and see value in it and not have to put it down or, or make them yeah. better. Or if you're smart, we'll go someplace and maybe someone is doing something in a, in a way that's better than the way you do it. And you're able to learn from it or, yeah. I mean, you sh- should be open-minded. I mean, listen, I, I like tradition. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm, 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 I respect tradition, but I'm always open to something new for, for certain. And like I said, I've, I've never, I've always enjoyed going places because I like to see what other people are doing. I like to see how they're living. I yeah. always recognize the fact that somebody might know something I don't or be doing something in a way that makes more sense. Um, yeah, yeah, no, I, 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 and anyone who's thinking the way, you know, you said, you know, okay, I love my country, so every other place is no good, um, is a pretty, it's a pretty ignorant yeah. way to think, you know, whether think, it's on the topic of religion or anything else, it's yeah. stupid. I think if anybody, if my hope, honestly, from this podcast, regardless of all the gear stuff and all the other stuff, I hope they get that, they take that. Uh, lesson from it more than anything else because honestly I learned that from you because when I started traveling with SciTech going to Paris or going to Germany or going to Hungary or all these different countries I went to 
that was always in the back of my head when I would go to a restaurant or something. I would try and speak English to them like as if they were supposed to know. And they wouldn't know. And then instead of getting angry, it would hit me. I'm not, it's their country, man. Like, yeah. 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 I mean, I, I, anytime I go someplace, I consider myself a guest somewhere else. Okay. That's not my country. Right. Yeah. yeah. Um, I find it not embarrassing, but a little bit bothersome that I don't know the language. Yeah. Um, because I don't, I don't want them to feel insulted, right? Okay, here I am. I'm in your country and expecting you to accommodate me. I mean, that's not. But that's what I mean? what I mean is like you don't expect them to know. Because America is so great, you don't expect them to know English. They no, still, absolutely still, not. Yeah, and that's what my point is. I feel like, and I used to do this too, so I'm guilty of it. Like, for example, I live in Ontario and one province over is Quebec. In Quebec, they speak French. When I was younger, I went to Quebec for like a party or some shit. I remember going to the gas station and asking for something. And the guy didn't know what I was talking about. And I was upset that he didn't know English. Right, right. And I'm like, now I see everything differently, right? Like I, so I just, I guess that's what I'm saying is. If if I was going to move to another country or even be there for an extended period of time, I would consider it my job to make sure I know their language, know their customs. Because, listen, I'm not from your country. It's not my country, right? Yeah. Like, out of respect, I'm there, and I, I should be able it's, – it's, it would be very arrogant of me to expect you to accommodate me. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I think that that's normal. I think that's the way it, it's, it has always been seen. I think that's the way it should be. And I, I feel the same way for people who come to America. If, if, yeah. if it's going to be if – if I was going to take up a new residence in uh, – Italy or Switzerland or wherever it may be, it would be on me to make sure that I, I learn their language and their customs in a swift manner. Yeah. Um, because to, to expect people to continue to accommodate me, I think is extremely arrogant. Yeah. Um, and that's, it's, it's disrespectful. I actually, some people might be surprised to, to find this out, but I actually agree with you hundred percent. A lot of people think that, um, you know, different, different, cultures come to America and they want to be American citizens. They want to stay, but they should get to keep all of their own culture. Right. In, in a sense, I agree. Okay. You should be able to keep your culture at home when your doors are closed, you're doing whatever you're doing. That's fine. But you should try to be American. Like me and my, like my family came to Canada. My parents came from Lebanon because they were escaping war right. and they came to Canada. Right. And all my brothers and my sister were born in Lebanon. I was born here in Canada. So it was easy for me because I was already here. But my entire family, including my parents, my my father, before he passed, still didn't know how to speak English. God rest his soul. <laughs> but, but he did it on purpose because he wanted us to speak Arabic in the house and still retain some of our culture. Yep. But we're fully Canadian. Like me... Uh- me and my brother, like me and all my siblings have married like Canadian people. They're not... We're no, We're not... I just feel like it's important that you're going to live in a country you you follow kind of their traditions. Well, yeah, I, mean, I think I think the preservation of anyone's culture I think is vital, right? I mean, yeah, of for your father to want to preserve that I think is natural, and I think everyone should because look, I'm sure there's 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 a lot of things about your culture that are worth celebrating and that add um, add to the Canadian culture. Yeah. But like you said, I mean, there's people, I think, who will move to a country 
and they almost have a disdain yeah. for yeah. that country. And there's a refusal to um, almost like assimilate in, in any way. And I just don't understand because if I was going to move someplace, I would only do so if I could say, yeah, I, 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 I like their way of life. Yeah. I, w- I want to go there and I want to contribute to their society and be proud to be one of them. Yeah. But, but I think, I, you know, but just on their, on, and again, I'm not agreeing with not assimilating, but just on their side, one of the things you just said was if I decided to go somewhere, yeah. I think a lot of these people don't have a choice. Like when my dad came here, he didn't really have a choice. Like he's like, where can I go? Where, where can I go to get away from war? Where can I go to work and make money and still support my family? Mm-hmm. And his, his brother happened to be living in Canada already. Mm-hmm. So it was just the only place that he could figure out to go to and be safe and make a living and all these other things. So he didn't have a choice, but even without a choice, he still said, okay, we're going to be Canadian. We're going to, yeah, you know, we're going to have our culture at home. We're going to eat our, you know, Lebanese food and we're going to still celebrate Lebanese holidays, but we are Canadian. Yeah. yeah I mean, I think, okay, even if there is no choice, um, say you, maybe you come to a country as a refugee. Yeah. But I think if that, if, if, if that country being there is allowing you to escape, whether it's war or poverty yeah. and is providing is giving you the means by which you can support your family, be safe, et cetera. Yeah. I mean, there should be some love there. Yeah, of course. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not in any way saying that. No, no, no. I'm not, I'm not saying you are. No. Yeah, I'm not saying that if there's no choice, you shouldn't assume. I, listen, regardless of the situation, if you go to live in a country, I don't feel like you should be a burden on that country. And that's the way my father always looked at it is don't be a fucking burden. Right. Live their life. Live right. the way they live. Blend in. Right. Don't, you know, don't cause problems. Right, right, and that was kind of our way of growing up. And I, right. and, I, and I feel like what you said is true is sometimes there is disdain. Well, we should be able to live the way we want to live and we want to do this and we want to put our flag on our, on our lawn and all this. And I'm like, you kind of took it a little too far, man. You got to like meet them halfway. And, and I think anybody, you know, if you, you come from, uh, you know, anywhere, you come from Puerto Rico, you come to the United States. Yeah, man, fly your flag, but you fly it in tandem with with an American flag. Yeah, yeah that's right. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Um, okay, buddy, I don't want. I've kept you forever, and uh, I really, really appreciate the podcast, man. I, I think we got a lot of. Uh, I think people got to know you a little better, more so than. One more question before you go: What's with the John Deere tractors? I don't know. It's just another, just another obsession. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right, man. Um, we'll touch base. Hopefully I can have you on the podcast again one day. Sounds good. Uh, I really appreciate the time, man. Thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Okay, brother.